Today we're going to be talking about faith and faith made easy. Many times when we go through difficult times, the first thing that comes to our heart is, do we have enough faith <coughs> or is my faith strong enough? And I'm going to look at passages in the Bible that I believe was interpreted wrongly, where the focus of what Matthew, Mark, Luke and John tried to communicate was not seen, but where the focus was on the faith we are supposed to have or what we thought we were supposed to have. What I've found in our, in our lives is when we look at anything that works, we want to carefully uh, analyze it to see what did the person do to get God to do something for him. If a person got a house or if he got a car <coughs> or if he was healed from cancer or any of those kind of things and he believed upon the Lord, then he will go and look at everything he's done and we will analyze his part of the doing. We will analyze what he said, how he walked, what kind of food he ate. Uh, we will analyze everything and then we would look even at his prayer life, at the, at the scriptures he would quote, at, at all those kind of things, at the messages he would listen to. And then we would make a method out of that and try and do it ourselves so that we can then also have the healing or the prosperity or whatever this person had. And in doing that, we, I believe, we show that our hearts struggle to actually trust God. Because if you analyze a thing to see what you must do, your trust can never be in the one that gave it, but in what you needed to do in order to get that person to give something to you. Now, <clears throat> one of the most powerful scriptures that has uh, impacted my life unto a wrong understanding of faith is the passage where, or the passages, there are many of them, where Jesus said, your faith has made you whole, or your faith has saved you, or let it be done unto you as you believe. Now the moment that is said, the human heart immediately turns inward and looks at his faith. Do you have enough faith? Is your faith strong enough? What are you believing? And from there, we immediately go over into a confession uh, doctrine wherein we must just confess right and speak right all the time or at least as, as correct as possible so that we can then basically work this faith principle so that it could be to us according to our faith wherein we would then believe for a financial breakthrough or a healing or any of those kind of things. Now I want to go through some of these passages and look at some of the detail that is revealed in the writings of Matthew, the writings of Mark and Luke, and then also we're going to look at Acts and what's going on there so that we can understand what was meant by those passages. Now I want to tell you from the beginning, the idea that Matthew had was not to put a focus on how big your faith needs to be. That was not the idea. You know, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, uh, John, they were not thinking, well, if we can get these people to be uh, people of super faith and super accurate 
confession, then they can have whatever they want, and so through that system they can conquer the world. When Matthew wrote, when Mark wrote, when Luke wrote, they tried to put the focus on Jesus and who he was. We need to understand that the apostles that wrote these uh, letters, they wrote them many years after the resurrection. And they thought, let us put all this in a document, not just to keep the document, but they were writing these uh, a historic account of what took place in order to communicate a certain message to those who would receive these letters. And what they tried to communicate was basically just one thing, and that is that Jesus is the Messiah, and that He is the Messiah of all people. From there we can then uh, conclude that the kingdom of God has now come to the earth, and that God is establishing what is always planned for man in the earth by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the main thing was, and everything revolved around, Jesus the Messiah that was crucified and raised from the dead, and in Him being the Messiah, He was not just the Messiah of the Jews, but He was the Messiah of the Jews and the Gentiles. Now this might sound very technical and you might say, Bertie, what is the whole thing with Jesus as the Messiah and the death and the resurrection have to do with a passage where Jesus said, let it be according to your faith or uh, your faith has made you whole or your faith has saved you. I think it's got everything to do with that and we're going to look at that and explain that. The first thing that you need to understand is that we are not saved by faith. The Bible says we are saved by grace through faith. So your faith cannot save you. Now what I mean by that, and you say, oh, Bert, you know, the scripture says uh, your faith has saved you. Jesus even said it, your faith has saved you. But we're going to look at what Matthew tried to communicate through that. If faith can save you, in other words, if faith that you can be healed can save you, then the new ages doesn't need Jesus. Because they have the faith that the force in this world or that their persuasion can actually, and if they just persuade it enough, then a new thing can happen or a new life can be created or changes can happen in their bodies. And we have even seen that. It is, uh, there are documented cases of people who by their own faith got healed. And I'm thinking of this one instance on YouTube where I watched a, a documentary on a person that got healed from cancer in the bladder just by chanting and believing and working up enough faith and by their faith they cured themselves. Now, you might be healed from a certain thing by just positive thinking and all of that, but the issue is not can I just be healed from a cancer or be healed from a headache? The problem is, can you by your positive thinking actually raise your body from the dead and not just raise it from the dead, but have a new body, a new creation take place which has got physicality? Now, no person can do that. <laughs> you can just forget about it. Not going to get it right. So, faith itself 
in itself cannot save you. Jesus is still the Savior. Jesus is the Savior. And if we think that faith saves us, we will make uh, our faith the Savior. We'll make faith the Savior. And we will have more faith in our faith than in Jesus. Let me say that again. If you think faith saves you, or faith makes you whole, then your focus will be faith, and you will have faith in faith, and you will not have faith in God. I think what we've heard about God was of such a sort that it is easy and that people could easily slip into having faith in their faith because the things said about God was that God was actually so bad that the human heart cannot trust such a being. That's why we could easily have faith in systems and methods and three steps to this and five steps to that because the human heart would just say, there's things about God that I simply don't understand. I don't know why he does things. I don't know why he is like he is. Um, you know, he would punish his son in, instead of punishing Adam and he will so satisfy his anger and wrath. And, and there were so many things said about God. The other day I heard that somebody actually preached that God made the devil uh, the way he is and the devil was employed by God and that the devil actually works for God uh, because how could people see that God is a savior if they didn't first get lost? So uh, God brought forth the devil so that people could fall and be lost and be sick so that God can heal them and bring forth a new life so they can define God as a savior. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you believe that, you know, you will so easily fall into teachings where it's all about man and the things that man must do, where we can fall into a system even or a teaching where we've got so much faith in our faith that we don't have faith in God. Now, you will not find anybody preach that you must have faith in faith and not faith in God. The thing is that it's not said directly like that, but it is what is... Um, actually understood after it was said and it destroys our lives. Now, the first instance we're going to look at is from Matthew 9 verse 21 and this was with a woman that had an issue of blood. Matthew 9 and I'm going to read, um, let me read from verse 20. It says, And behold, a woman which was uh, diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind Jesus and touched the hem of his garment. Now that's very important detail right there. Touch the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about when he saw her and said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. Now, number one, uh, we need to look at the detail that is there. There's not, no meaningless detail in this story. And Matthew was writing this with a certain idea in mind. There was a, something in his heart that he wanted to communicate and bring forth. Now Matthew wanted to show to people that Jesus was actually the Messiah. Now how can Jesus be the Messiah and how can we see that Jesus is the Messiah from this passage? And how would people that understand the Jewish scriptures, 
when they hear this, say, well, we cannot but conclude that Jesus is the Messiah. Now, the, this woman, there were certain things about her that we need to understand. She had an issue of blood. Issue of blood meant that she was unclean. And if you were unclean, you had to stay outside of the city. And the Bible even says that she suffered a lot under the doctors. In other accounts of this, she suffered under the doctors. And that's what happened many times today. Uh, I thank God for the doctors. And I mean, I've been to the doctor many times in my life. And my family's also been to doctors. And we've also had miracles take place in our lives. And there are times where you can just say, I'm suffering under the doctor. Because it doesn't matter how pure his motive is. He just cannot get me healed because he's a human and he doesn't understand how these things work um, or how to get me healed. And then they try this and they basically experiment on you. And I think in this case, for 12 years, this woman was suffering. And remember, she was not allowed to touch any person. And should you touch any person, then the, um, and that person would be unclean and he will have to go through some ceremonial washings and all those kind of things. But there was something that she believed that caused her to say something in her heart. And what she said in her heart was, and the thing she said was on account of what she actually believed. So she first believed something, and the thing that she believed caused her to think in a certain way and say certain things. The key is not in what she said in her heart. The key was not even in that she touched the hem of his garment. She could have said, I mean, one can actually go... And, um, and say that was unbelief. You know, because why would you say, if I touch the hem of his garment? She could just have said, if he just walked past me, if his shadow just falls on me, or just, just because he's Jesus. You know, I mean, there's many things that could be said. This was a method that she chose, and, and something that came forth in her heart because of the faith she had. Now, what faith did she have, and what did Jesus, re Jesus actually uh, saw in her when he saw that she had faith. Do you think that Jesus uh, saw the faith as she's crawling through people and now she's touching the hem of the garment? Look at the great faith she was willing to crawl through through the people and, and uh, if we can even call it, if, if she crawled, we just think it's that way, but touch the hem of his garment and then people, th then, uh, you know, she could have been stoned or something like that or... Uh, get into big trouble. Now Jesus, look at her great faith. Look at her actions of faith. No, that's not what Jesus saw. Jesus saw much deeper into this. We need to understand that Jesus knew he was the Messiah. We need to understand that Jesus uh, took the Old Testament prophets and he understood how he would fulfill that. And we need to know that Jesus knew that there was uh, healing inside him and that he is the Messiah to the Messiah of all of humanity, meaning he is there to rule and reign over people's sin and their death and everything that leads to sin and death. So Jesus read Malachi 4. And Malachi 4 is, is a wonderful passage that talks about the hem of the garment. And Malachi 4 uh, talks about the day of judgment talks about the terrible day of the Lord. And I want to just read quickly from Malachi, uh, Malachi 4. It says, For behold, the day comes that shall burn as an oven, 
and all that are proud is all that do wickedly shall be stubble, and the day comes that shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. So in other words, this passage talks about the ending of Judaism, the ending of the old law system, um, as those people knew it, but actually the implementation and the furthering of the true system that God had in mind. Okay, then it goes on and it says, But unto you that fear my name, the Son, S-U-N, of righteousness, shall arise with healing in his wings, and he shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under your souls of your feet in the day that I shall do this, says the Lord of hosts. Now, um, now, let me just read verse 4 and 5 as well. It says, Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I command unto you in Horeb for all Israel with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So Malachi 4 talks, talks about a son of righteousness, and in my teaching on judgment I, talk, I spoke about this in the vengeance of God, a son of righteousness or a fire of righteousness will arise and will burn up all the stubble, it will burn up all wickedness, and then the righteous or those that, that, that believe in this son of righteousness, he will arise over them with healing in his wings. Now that word wings there means also, it was the word used for hem of the garment. So when the Messiah would come, and this passage was a messianic passage talking about the Messiah coming to end all unrighteousness in the earth and bring forth righteousness, this will be the sign. He will come up like, a, it will be like a day, a fire that burns, that will burn up all the wickedness, that will cut out the tree from where people thought they were children of God, which was ethnicity, which was thinking that because they are Jews, they are the people of God. He was cutting that out and actually declaring that humanity is God's people and that God, has, God wants to save them from sin and death and bring forth a brand new man, a recreated new man, and that man will be co-seated with God in equality with God. So this woman, now listen to this, this woman that was outside of the, the city and that decided or that was separate or was, even if we don't want to go into technical things, but just was declared unclean. This woman that suffered for 12 years came and saw Jesus as the Messiah. So her faith was that he is the Messiah. And she remembered that in the hem of the garment, there is healing. And then she said, what I believe is that this is the Messiah and in him he will rule over the injustice that I am experiencing, which is I am unclean, declared unclean, and I'm oppressed by sickness and disease and all of that. He's the Messiah. So what was her faith? Her faith was he is the Messiah. From that faith she reasoned, I can touch the, if I can touch the hem of the garment, I will be healed. Because this is the Messiah. And then Jesus, when she did that, she said, This, you are right, I am the Messiah, and because I am the Messiah, you are healed. Your faith has healed you. What was her faith? That he is 
the Messiah. That is it. It was not about how strong she was persuaded. It was not about how intensely she was persuaded. It was not about her confession all the time. It was not about what she was thinking all the time. Her faith, which was Jesus as the Messiah, healed her, saved her. Now, we need to remember, the Bible says that we are saved by grace. We're not saved by faith. We are saved by grace through faith. So this woman had faith in the grace, which was that Jesus is the Messiah, and that there is healing in his wings, and she saw him as the son of David. She saw him as the Messiah. Her faith was, I don't need to look any further. This is the Messiah of the unclean. Now you need to understand what she was seeing there. The Jews believed that the Messiah was for the righteous, not for the woman with the issue of blood. She's already declared unclean by her action or by what is happening to her. The Messiah was for the, for the rich and the Messiah was for the obedient and the uncursed because this wonderful life you would have now of uh, being rich and being blessed and all those kind of things would be a sign that you are already part of this, uh, the, the people of God in a certain way. That's what these people believed. And now this woman, which was called cursed, unclean, not worthy to be touched, she had a faith that says the Messiah supersedes my disqualification. That was her faith. So her faith was Jesus as the Messiah. So when Jesus says, your faith has healed you, you must ask her, what was your faith? It says that this man is the Messiah. So the fact that Jesus was the Messiah was what healed her. Now we can take that passage so out of context that the focus is not what Matthew tried to portray there. Matthew was trying in his letter to show to the people that Jesus is the Messiah. Matthew was not trying to get people secret knowledge on how to get a healing. He was not trying to teach them on, on how to work up their faith, you know, and give them five lessons in faith and confession. That's not what he was trying to communicate. He was trying to communicate and tell them, look at this woman, she saw the, the Messiah. She said, this, this person is the Messiah he has come and there is, he is the son of righteousness. There is healing in his wings, in the hem of the garment. And what Matthew was doing, he was writing and he was drawing upon what was in the minds of people that understood Malachi 4, so that when they read that, they can say, Aha, here's a physical evidence of him being the Messiah. Why would he write that? So that they could have faith that Jesus is the Messiah, so that that faith, which was Jesus as the Messiah, could also heal them and give them salvation. That's what it was all about. It wasn't about anything else than that. So a very important thing that we need to understand in Matthew 9 there is that it talks about a person that saw Jesus as the Messiah. Her faith was not, um, I can get a healing today. That was not her faith. Her faith was, he is the Messiah. That's why I believe the detail was recorded in Matthew that she touched the hem of the garment. Now we're going to go to a, another instance, and that is in Mark 10 from verse 46. 
And we're going to look at another instance where we talk about faith that made people whole or faith that saved people. Mark 10, and we're looking at verse 46. <clears throat> and they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of there were a great number of people. Blind Bartholomeus, the son of Timaeus, sat at the highway, and he was begging. And when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, you, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, <laughs> so, um, and then we read in verse 52, the end of the account, he says, go your way, your faith has made you whole. Now, we know the whole story of blind Bartholomeus. Bartholomeus actually means uh, the cursed one or unclean. So here comes a man that's called unclean. Jesus, he's, this unclean person, comes and he hears that Jesus of Nazareth is coming by and this blind Bartholomeus had more of an understanding of the scriptures than the Pharisees and the Sadducees together because he understood the prophecies and he understood all these things in such a way that he said when they heard it was Jesus of Nazareth that he understood the scriptures in such a way that he knew that Jesus would be out of Nazareth he said that um, this must be the son of David and that refers back to once first Samuel 7 where it talks about the promise that was made to David that out of his loins will, will the Messiah basically be born and he had the conclusion that this is the Messiah. And he knew that the Messiah was the one that will rule and reign and establish his kingdom in the earth. And therefore he could rule and reign over his blindness. That's all. He just believed Jesus is the Messiah. That's all. That's why the detail. So we find Matthew and now Mark trying to, in their letters, explain to people that Jesus is the Messiah. The, they were not trying to communicate on how to get a healing. The focus of the letter was not a healing. The focus of the letter was Jesus was raised from the dead. He's got power over sin and death and he is the Messiah. And Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, all of them in their letters, tries to have people understand that he's the Messiah of what the Jews understood as the unclean also. So he, instances are used of uh, blind Bart there. His name means unclean. The woman that was, had the issue of blood, she was unclean. She didn't qualify by the law. But here he comes and he is the Messiah of those as well. And they had an understanding of the scripture that he was the Messiah and their faith this persuasion, this fact that he is the Messiah, is what healed and cured them. Not their great approach, that's not what cured them. It was him being the Messiah that cured them. And if, church, it might sound technical, but let me tell you this, a wrong understanding of these things will dump you into a place where you can so easily be tempted with works righteousness when it comes to faith. Well, you'll have to try to work up, do I have enough faith? Don't I have enough faith? All those kind of things, and it will destroy your life. So, 
Um, let us use another example there. Let's go to um, Luke 17, 12. And if you don't enjoy my message, it's okay. I'm enjoying it myself. Amen. <laughs> Luke 17, 12. And as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off, unclean people again. And they lifted their voices and said, Jesus, Master, O Lord, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourself unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and he fell on his face and his feet giving thanks and he was a Samaritan. Very important detail right there. He was also one who doesn't qualify. He's a Samaritan. He's a half Jew, which, was, which were by the Jews not even seen as a Jew, which were seen as cursed. Half Jew. He was a Samaritan. And uh, they, they, the Bible says the Jews and the Samaritans didn't even deal with one another. They didn't even speak to one another. These Samaritans wouldn't even allow Jesus to walk through one of their towns. And then the sons of thunder wanted to call down fire on one of those cities. That's how it was going. Now listen to this. There were Jewish lepers, nine of them. And then one Samaritan leper. Then they called on Jesus and they called him the master or the Lord. So they had a certain understanding there about him and who he was. Now listen to this. And they says, have mercy on us. Now here's the Samaritan also thinking he doesn't qualify. Because this, it's by the Jews taught that the Messiah will be for those Jewish people. But what does he do? He says, well, he's also my Messiah. <laughs> and what did he do? He said, well, that healing is for me as well. Or he is also the Messiah over me. And if he says, go and show you, then and as he went, he realized that he was clean. And he knew, I can't go into Jerusalem there. I mean, I don't even allow, allow these Jews to walk through my city. How will I go and show myself to any priest? So I'm now going back to Jesus and he started to worship Jesus. And so, and then Luke records that he was a Samaritan. He was a Samaritan. Someone who was seen as unclean. Yet Jesus was the Messiah over the unclean as well and brought what the Jews thought was only for them to him as well. So what faith did that Samaritan have? The very same faith as what, and that faith made him whole. What was that faith? Jesus is the Messiah. That's it. That is the greatest faith you can ever have. Another instance is in Matthew 5 again. We're just going, I didn't have a, a, a scripture in, in John there, but let's go to Matthew 5, and, uh, oh, sorry, Matthew fifteen seventeen, And we're just going to look at one more passage here. And then we're going to end off. Matthew 15 and uh, verse 17. 
This is the Seraphonician woman. I hope I've got the right passage here. Sorry, it's from verse 20. Um, From 21, but let's read from verse 23 here. This is the woman that came, the the Seraphonician woman, and and she asked Jesus to heal a daughter that was demon-possessed. And then then Jesus said to her in verse 24, uh, But he answered and said unto her, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not right for me to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. So what he was saying to her is he says, You're a Gentile. You, you, you are a dog. You like uh, Lazarus uh, that was dying at the rich man's uh, gate there. He's just a dog. And he said, uh, truth, Lord. He says, yes, it is so. Truth, Lord. Imagine that. Yet the dogs eat the crumbs which falls from the master's table. Then Jesus said unto her, O woman, great is your faith. Um, be it unto you as you will. So, the great faith that this woman had was, she was Greek, okay, she was a Greek. She didn't qualify for the Jewish blessings according to the law. But what she saw was, and what she understood was, that he is even Lord over the Gentiles. He is the Messiah over sin and death. That is what she saw. And that faith which is Jesus as the Messiah over sin and death, made her whole. And Jesus said, such great faith have I not. In, in another instance uh, where Jesus said, such faith, great faith I have not even found in Israel, is where the Roman centurion came, and he came to Jesus and said, you just speak the word and my servant will be made whole. What did he see? He saw Jesus is the Messiah, even over the Gentiles. And we find Matthew, Mark and Luke coming in their letters, trying to bring a message that Jesus is the Messiah over the unclean and all, of, all people qualify that he's the Messiah over Jew, he's the Messiah over Gentile. He's not trying to say to people, here's the key, here's the key thing, you know, the greater your faith is and the more you work up your faith, the more sure your healing will be. No. Jesus said, if you have seed as a faith, as a mustard seed, you know, then mountains shall be moved. Now, what does that mean? You know who the mustard seed is? The mustard seed is Jesus himself. He's the mustard seed. Because 2,000 years ago, if you take all of humanity and you take the size of humanity and you take the size of one man, Jesus, he's just but a small seed. And that's how the kingdom of God is. And this seed is so small. And when you look at the seed, you say, this is nothing. But once it grows, it becomes bigger than all the trees or all the herbs. And what he's saying is, that's how the kingdom of God is. One man, Jesus, came and conquered sin and death. And he's the Messiah over humanity, ruling over their sin, ruling over their death as the Messiah. And as we have that faith, we've got faith as a mustard seed. And we've got the faith that this one man and his life shall flood the earth by the doing of God. That's it. Jesus is that mustard seed. He is that kingdom into manifestation. That's all. That's all you have to believe. I want to tell you the greatest faith you can ever have is just to believe 
that Jesus is the one that rules over your sin and your death and he's come to give you a brand new life and that you qualify. That's all. That is great faith. We can take those passages and dissect it and bring so much legalism and law that we actually destroy people's lives. I'm going to end off with Acts 3 here. Never think, if you believe Jesus is truly the Messiah, if you still think he's the Messiah of the Jews, of which some people think he's just the Messiah of the Jews and, and you know, got, got some funny doctrine around that, you don't have great faith. You've got small faith. Uh, you've got, even got unbelief. And the story of what I'm to talking to you about today, of the lepers, the blind men, there were even two other blind men in another instance that were crying, Jesus, son of David. Uh, that blind people were seen as, as in sin, disqualified. The story of the Syrophoenician woman, the story of the Roman centurion, that's for you, that you can actually also have great faith, which is that he's the Messiah of all people, and that all qualify, and that the old things have passed away and everything has become new. It is those passages are not a key on how to confess positive, on how to push through. And I, I remember being in teachings where people say, now imagine, close your eyes, how you touch the hem of the garment and how you are. That is not what it's all about. It is not what it's all about. It's not about, now, okay, we must have boldness now in the face of our oppressors and we're going to go boldly. It doesn't matter what people say. And that is not what, what Matthew tried to teach there was trying to teach Jesus the Messiah. That's what he was trying to teach. Amen. So let no one tell you you don't have great faith. Let no circumstances tell you that you don't have great faith. You believe Jesus the Messiah and he rules over your life. You know, with me, I don't try to specifically believe for everything. I don't confess for a TV station. I don't confess for uh, a, a studio or a house. I do none of those things. I just believe, and this is by the grace of God, that Jesus is my Messiah and that his life is my life, and then I just enjoy my life. I live every day and uh, uh, as the day comes, and I have my, in my heart the Holy Spirit that speaks to me, and I just take it as it comes. I don't worry about tomorrow. Just live in the day right now and do what you need to do. And th that's a simple life by great faith. Hallelujah. And that gets me to a place if somebody else has got a massive ministry somebody, uh, and, and, and mine is not, or if somebody gets signs and wonders and miracles and I don't see so much, it, it doesn't mean anything to me. Jesus is the Messiah over sin and death and his life is mine. Hallelujah. That's all. And then I trust him enough to sort my stuff out for me. That's enough. Hallelujah, you'll work it out. Um, Acts 3. There it is. And this is beautiful. This was the, lep uh, the, the, the paralytic that was healed. And um, then they came and, and Peter preached. He says, he says unto the Jews, but you denied the Holy One the just uh, and the just. This is verse 14. And, de and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the prince of life, whom God has raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. In other words, he says, we saw him. We were witnesses, we saw him. And his name, listen to this, and his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, 
whom you see now. So, who healed the leper? It says, and his name, through faith in his name, has healed this man. And the Messiah, through faith in the Messiah, has healed the person. Your faith hasn't healed you. Jesus heals you. All we do is we have faith. In other words, faith means I take my hands off and I can actually rely upon this truth that I am so included in this truth that he will manifest his life in me. Today I said to a lady that, um, that I could see was going through a very difficult time and I could see in her face that she's depressed and all those things. I said to her, listen, the only way is you want to know what must I do today? What must I do tomorrow? That is not the, the answer. Should I have this job? Should I have that job? No. Jesus is your Messiah and your stuff he sorts out by his resurrection power and you just believe upon that, that truth. Meaning he rules and reigns over your sin and death and that his life is yours and it's up to him to manifest it in you and you are just available for that. That's it. Amen. Well, church, that's the message that I have for you today. I trust that this has blessed you and that it challenges your heart. Know this, I'm not saying that you can be saved without faith. If that's what you heard. Please rewind to the beginning and listen again. The Bible says we are saved by grace through faith. So do we have to have faith in our hearts? His gospel brings faith. And as his good news brings faith in our hearts and we yield to that truth, then he heals us. So we cannot put the... And what, all I'm trying to communicate here is we cannot put... We cannot make of faith a savior or put it anywhere close to the same category as Jesus as the savior and we shouldn't try and mix these things up Jesus is the savior just believe it that's how simple it is the focus as Christ the Messiah amen I want to thank you so much that you've watched this message will really enrich your life go and listen to it a few times and you will see what the Holy Spirit continues to do in your heart Thank you that I can just share my heart with you. That's what I want to do. I just share my heart with you as we both walk looking unto the Father. I would just like to pray for people that are watching right now. Father, there are people watching right now that might be going through difficult times. They might be very depressed. They might struggle with health and healing and uh, marriage and so many things. I thank you, Father, they can lift their eyes above their circumstances and they can behold the resurrected Jesus as their Messiah and that they can say, I, am, I, I end my fight against these things and I thank God that he rules over what destroys me and I sit back and thank you, Father, that by your resurrection power we can call people healed and well by the name of Jesus our Messiah. Amen. Thank you so much and God bless you.